tomorrow, gentlemen. We'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. Who's the casino? Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Barrage. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? On a camel. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. <laughs> Architecture, if done well, is much more than just the designing of a building. It's creating a durable structure that is not only functional, but beautiful. Every building is designed by an architect. However, it takes vision and skill to transcend the steel, concrete, and glass jungles of major metropolitan cities to create things that stand out in someone's mind, and in some cases in history, as exceptional representations of the craft, inspiring future generations to take architecture to the next level to continue to evolve with science and create something timeless. While the best to ever live are often unknown to the public at large, their creations are not only known, they're known the world round and live on for decades and in some cases, centuries after they're gone. Wayne McAllister is another one of those guys in Vegas history you've probably never heard of, but you really should have. He's what you would call a self-made man. He got that from his father, Albert, who invented the McAllister ventilator, and it has kept sewage gases moving and prevented restrooms from exploding for over a century. In 1919, at age 12, due to a work-related accident, Wayne lost his father, so the family moved from Pittsburgh to Southern California to be closer to relatives. In Wayne's senior year of high school, he had a conversation with his guidance counselor on potential career options. During that conversation, it was recommended that he should look into being an actor, as Wayne was quite handsome, or an architect, as he was also very smart. Already bored with school, Wayne immediately went out to look for a job. School was never something Wayne found interesting. He admitted that he had a photographic memory, so he never did homework or study. All he did was pay attention in class, then recall what he was told when he needed to. After finding a job in the field and realizing he enjoyed it, Wayne saw no reason to continue with his high school education. So he decided to drop out in his final semester of his senior year to focus on learning his craft. In retrospect, historians believe it was fortunate that he didn't go to school for architecture as a lot of the unique style Wayne is known for would more than likely have been taught out of him in a formal education. In 1925, at age 18, Wayne met his wife, Corrine. He spotted her in a night school drafting class, an ambitious career choice at the time for a woman, as there had only been one female architect in the state of California at that point. Regardless, working as a seamstress, her employer noticed her artistic talent and recommended she enroll in class. Once she completed school, Corinne also got a job as an architect with William Wheeler, a competing firm to Wayne's employer, the San Diego Architectural Service Bureau. While this didn't bother the couple, Corinne's employer wasn't too happy about it. In the 1920s, competition was so fierce that companies would give you building plans for free if you purchased the lumber from their company. 
greasing the wheels of commerce, the company Wayne worked for was able to get plans through the system quickly by giving the city building inspector, a notorious womanizer, access to a private room in their offices. Taking a shine to Wayne, that same building inspector took the time to teach Wayne how to meet city building codes. The combination of the two gave Wayne the opportunity to practice and fine-tune his skills, literally drawing new plans every day. As a result, San Diego became vastly populated with many of McAllister's one-day plan buildings. Impressed with Wayne's work, the owner of the firm offered to make McAllister a partner, a promotion he gladly accepted. The next day, Wayne's new partner, also a well-known womanizer, took his latest stripper lady friend and moved to Mexico to start a new life. Suddenly, at the age of 18, Wayne was the sole owner of the San Diego Architectural Service Bureau. Just like any profession, the best in the field are visionaries. Wayne was a student of his profession, always interested in what was next and incorporating emerging technologies and philosophies into his work. In the first half of the 20th century, advancements in construction gave architects the ability to work with glass, steel, and reinforced concrete. How this affected architecture became known as modernism. During Prohibition, those that didn't want to risk getting caught breaking the law by partaking in activities like drinking or gambling in the States will go to Canada or Mexico to enjoy them. Seeing the business opportunity, San Diego businessman Baron Long and company got permission from the Governor General of Mexico to build a high-end hotel casino in Tijuana. After failing to find an architect or design that captured his imagination, Long reached out to the company he owned stock in, the American Building Company, to see if they knew anyone up to the challenge. They recommended the man who designed their new building, Wayne McAllister. Barron had Wayne come down to the Tijuana project site. While taking a tour of the place, Long explained the concept he had in mind. He described the feeling he wanted to create for the guests of the resort. He wanted a place that looked and felt like it was built by a group of old Spanish missionaries, a place where they would stay at the end of a day's ride from the last mission. More than that, Long wanted to create a total experience, a world unto itself. After their conversation, McAllister was so inspired, he stayed up all night drawing plans. First thing in the morning, he brought them to Long, who took one look at them and knew he found his architect. At age 19, Wayne landed a $10 million contract to build the Hotel Agua Caliente. That's $2 billion in today's money. Still dating and inspired by his enthusiasm, Corinne and Wayne would collaborate on the design plans for the Agua Caliente at night. While this was going on, the couple apparently saw no need to delay marriage any longer, so they drove to Santa Ana and quietly married in 1926. When Corinne's employer learned that the competition not only got the Agua Caliente project, but married one of his best designers, he fired Corinne, giving her the opportunity to join Wayne and work full-time on the project with her husband. Corinne's former employer, William Wheeler, was also the president of the State Architectural Board, so upset about the situation, he vowed to never let McAllister get an architect's license in the state of California. Fortunately, a license isn't required to be hired as an architect, so Wheeler's vendetta did little to stop Wayne from continuing to get work. When the Agua Caliente project was done, McAllister would become one of the most sought-after architects in the business. The Agua Caliente opened in 1928. It was the most talked about hotel casino of its time and often referenced as the inspiration and model for the Las Vegas Strip. 
It was a 400-room luxury hotel with a spa, several cocktail bars, fine dining restaurants, an 18-hole, 180-acre golf course, championship tennis courts, and a horse racing track. The place was an instant success and spurred immediate expansion to attempt to keep up with demand. The expansion project would become so consuming, it was the only thing McAllister could work on for the next several years. Unfortunately, in 1935, 14 years before Fidel Castro did it, the president of Mexico signed an executive order outlawing gambling. Two days later, the Agua Caliente closed, only seven years old. In truth, Long and People's Interest had returned to America two years prior after the 18th Amendment was repealed and Nevada passed a law re-legalizing gambling in 1931. Before Wayne would make his mark on Vegas, there were lots of opportunities in California. Baron Long's first plans post the 22nd Amendment of the Constitution was booze, as even during Prohibition, his primary source of income was alcohol. So we partnered with McAllister to build a brewery in California. An amateur bathtub gym maker himself, the two enjoyed working together so much McAllister was brought on as vice president of Balboa Brewing. And for a short time, it was the number one selling beer in Southern California. However, competition from Pabst and some backdoor politic dealing convinced the health department to crack down on places serving Balboa beer. Eventually, rather than deal with the hassle involved, they sold to investors and moved on to other projects. Wayne went on to various projects, including some additions to the L.A. Biltmore, as well as the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, but he did something else too, something that you were infinitely more familiar with, even if you had no idea he was responsible for it. Now, Wayne McAllister didn't invent the drive-in restaurant. However, the moment you heard that phrase, the image that popped in your head, or the picture you'll come upon if you Google drive-in restaurant, is thanks to Wayne. In a time before fast food restaurants expanded across the country, you could find drive-in restaurants in just about every town across America. The buildings were rather utilitarian, a little more than kitchens surrounded by a counter. But when restaurateur Bill Simon decided he wanted to get in on the new drive-in business model, he reached out to McAllister. It was an easy choice considering McAllister was responsible for building all of the lounges in his 50-plus existing restaurants. More than that, Simon firmly believed that the existing models were not only boring, he believed that they weren't built cost-effectively. He challenged Wayne to build a stylish version of the concept at a cost-effective dollar amount. With a budget of $6,500, just over 117000 in 2017, Wayne not only accomplished the task, he took the concept, redefined it, and made it iconic. Before McAllister, the whole concept of a we hope you've enjoyed this premium content preview. For access to the rest of this episode, as well as all the premium content we offer, go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. A monthly subscription will give you access to the enhanced version of the podcast, often with bonus content, exclusive podcasts like 360 Vintage Vegas, 360 Origins, 360 Vegas Movies, insider information on all things 360 Vegas, 360 Vegas Vacation, and early access to everything. To subscribe, simply go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can find a link to Patreon on our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com. Yeah.